How are we doing, everybody? This is AJ Torres from Colin Strikes, courtesy of Undrafted Sports. We got a special guest, uh, first guy outside of uh, the continent. We got uh, Dennis from Germany. So uh, this is my first time meeting him and everything else. But uh, I'm glad you're doing well, Dennis. Please tell your mother happy birthday for us. Uh, and I will, I will. simply, we just wanted to talk sports. And this is your episode, man. So, I mean, uh, I had a couple questions for you. And I'm, I'm really excited just to hear the answers, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay, just give it to me. Uh, give it to All me. All right. Uh, so, uh, mainly this is a baseball podcast, but I got a segment that's called uh, The Left Field Fan, and that's basically where it's kind of like, uh, you know, I'm a Pacers fan, and I live in Connecticut, and I work in the state of New York over in the States. So, I'm obviously, you know, I stick out, and everyone's like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? So, the NFL, the NBA, basically when you think of the four major sports – it doesn't really go over across the pond. So, yeah. uh, I mean, tell me, did you, was the Bengals like your first uh, American team you kind of fell in love with, or what was the case? Um, well, I started watching the NBA in 2014 when the Warriors yeah. won the first championship. That was the first season I actively watched the NBA. Oh. And I didn't watch anything else. Like, I wasn't watching hockey. I wasn't watching baseball or uh, football. I was just hearing about football, about the Super Bowl, about this big-ass event, uh, event, about this halftime show, about the funny commercials. But I was just, I don't know, I just liked basketball more, I guess. And then in 2015, I started watching football because the German TV sender, Pro, Pro7 Max, it's called, they got the rights for the NFL on Sunday. So they always had that uh, noon and afternoon or evening slot for the games at 7 p.m. at 10 p.m. in Germany. And the first game I've ever watched was the Bengals Seahawks game. I don't know if you know the game or if you remember it, but like uh, everyone in Germany was a Seahawks or Patriots fan because of the season before, because of Oof. the Super Bowl. And I just didn't want to be mainstream. Yeah, like I'm a Mavericks fan and Bulls fan and Pacers fan. I that's not really mainstream in Germany. But uh, and then I was just like, okay, let's root for the Bengals. Why not? They're good, and why shouldn't I root for them? And then they came back from 17 points, uh, got the uh, got the overtime winner, and I was like, damn, that might be a good team. And then I started rooting for them, then I started watching their games more. It fell apart very quick, <laughs> but I, I didn't want to change teams, so I'm just sticking with them, and I'm actually happy. So even though we're bad right now, they were, uh, they were the first team I rooted for, and they will certainly be the last, at least in the NFL. Uh, I don't even watch baseball, so that can obviously change. I'm I'm following the Reds because of the Cincinnati group chat and everything I've, I've been on on Twitter. But, um, yeah, football and basketball are the main sports I watch. I and the Bengals are actually the first, game I, uh, the first game I watched and the first I like. I got you. Uh, just a heads up, if you do have any uh, baseball questions or anything else, my door is always open for you, man. Just I actually have no idea about baseball, so even if I had questions, I wouldn't even know how to probably uh, express them because I don't even know the game. Like, well, even, if it, was, even if it was something like, uh, you know, pitches, uh, lineups, uh, 101, I mean, obviously, I, I'm, I'm here. It, it definitely takes uh, something to get used to, I will say. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I know is that one player can't make a team better like it's possible with a quarterback or with basketball. I just know that like uh, Mike Trout is like the best player in the league for like 10 years or something, but his teams always were bad and he couldn't do anything about it. That's the only thing I know about baseball, that it's mainly a mano a mano when, it's a come, when it comes to pitching. Yeah. I mean, it's different because it's like in uh... – in a game of basketball, you get X amount of minutes. 
you can have that player be on the court for 45 minutes and you know if he's not getting good looks that's that's on him if he's making a shot that's also on him if he's not playing at all and you let him sit for a whole quarter you know what i mean do i think that's on the coach yes but a baseball player he's not in charge of everything mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a starting pitcher you see him once every five games you know things like that uh mets with jacob the grom <laughs> Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I it's definitely a sport where I think you need I think you probably need four or five superstars on a team. And okay. maybe they're not considered superstars, but maybe mm-hmm. just good talents offensively and defensively to okay. actually have the team worth a damn. That that's yeah. just that's just my opinion and that's just how it works. But uh yeah. I've so, heard that uh, the Dodgers were like stacked for years, and now they finally won one in 2020. And I was like overdue because everyone said they should have won so many years ago with Kershaw and everything. So, I, I but I don't know. Much Dodgers, that's uh, it's a funny thing with uh, Kershaw. But then when you have the Astros cheating scandal involved, I mean, okay, a lot of people are roasting you, Darvish, because uh, if you saw the him playing the World Series, he was he was not good at all. But if yeah, you go back to them cheating and what they supposedly did, he got a pass. Same thing with Kershaw and everybody else. But okay. when you put it together with the COVID year, as I call it, 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 it technically was a Mickey Mouse year. And there were some things that happened during that year that to me just didn't make sense at all. And okay. that's aside the COVID protocols and everything else. If we just go with the style of play, uh, the way that they structured the playoffs, that was all different. I mean, the fact that it used to – back in the day, baseball used to only be three teams that uh, made every single uh, – basically, you got the American League, National League, and then it went to, uh, you know, the wild card where it's like, okay, we got five teams each, so it's 10 in total. And now we go eight teams each, and it's 16, so it's like – it was very hard because I remember when the Yankees and the Red Sox both had over a hard wins – one of them had to play in the wild card round. You know what I mean? Whereas like yeah. the COVID year, you have some of these teams that don't even reach a 500 record, but they could mm-hmm. win the World Series. Okay. It was kind of like basketball where it's like, okay, they're under 500, but the first team is basically going to be taking a nap and yeah. they're going to be crushing them. Like, come on. Yeah, I, I, you don't even read much about baseball when you're not really a baseball fan. Like, I follow so many media outlets like ESPN and Fox. I don't always listen to them, but I follow them on social media. You, you don't even you don't even know much about the game because they don't post much about it. So it's not really if you if you are only following the mainstream media, you don't really get to know the game or get to learn the game, and that's a little bit uh, a little bit disappointing because I would I would love to know more about every sport, obviously, but it's just so hard to follow baseball because it's not it's just not that big uh, especially not in germany but even on social media i just don't see much outside of the red uh, reds twitter it's it's very interesting i mean twitter's got a big uh, baseball following i think every sport does but if you go to espn if yeah. you go towards uh, middle of july every year if you think about it the nba finals are over mm-hmm. football hasn't started ramping up yet the NHL playoffs are finished. So there's this part of July where the only thing being covered is baseball. 
and you'll see Fox Sports, ESPN. It'll be something about LeBron or something political. And it's just like, you know, you got some great baseball topics. You could have stars on the show. You could do – you got so much potential, but they choose not to. They'll talk about college ball. Listen, this isn't lacrosse, okay? <laughs> this is baseball. They yeah. can, but they choose not to. And that's the part that goes about it. And I think that there's got to be a – you always want to try and grow the game. And there's there's several ways to do the game. Now, just like the NFL, uh, the the Major League Baseball has gone to other countries. Uh, they canceled the London series because of COVID. They had one series there. Uh, brilliant game to watch, though, I will say. Uh, yeah. They went to uh, Sydney, Australia before. They oh. went to Japan. I mean, I, I think there's a certain way to do it. Like, I think you try to get it uh, early in August just so everyone gets rid of their sea legs, airtime, all of that. Maybe that's just me. But I think there's several ways to expand the game just like what the NFL is doing, and hopefully the NFL does it right because if they're going to Germany, I'm thinking, okay, if you're playing in Germany, when they get home, they better have a bye week. Yeah. Because if not, I mean, it's just it's just bad. And I remember there was a rumor about a London team going there before COVID. Yeah, probably like, the, uh, the Jaguars were rumored because of their owner, because he also owns the uh, Fulham uh, uh, football club, uh, soccer club in, in Europe, in London. So they were, I also read those rumors, but that would be some of function. That would my, not. It's just the only problem is, is that if you go by the what was then 16 games, it goes, okay, you got a month over there. Otherwise, it's just not worth it. Yeah. They have to stay over across the pond for a month. Then you yeah. fly them back and you keep them here for a month. So how are you going to keep these guys housed in both countries? But not only that, but if you're the team facing them, you, the bye weeks don't come around until week four, week five. So what happens if you got to go to London for week one and then you got to come back and then you got to play on the road again? I mean, yeah, logistically, which is absolutely horrendous. If you go by money, if you go by just arrangements, it just doesn't make sense. Although uh, there's a lot of uh, if, there's a lot of guys around uh, undrafted that are Chargers fans. Uh, do you know much about the network at all or about what network undrafted sports? Oh, actually, no, unfortunately, what? no. Actually, I'm a part of uh, Undrafted Sports. Um, there's a couple of companies. There's Anthony Kay, a sports fluent. Uh, he actually okay. does a show every week with uh, Coach Hugh Jackson. Okay. It's called uh, the Coach and AK Experience. Uh, I'll I'll uh, link you down uh, once we're done. Check everything out. And uh, yeah, there used to be the Worst Take Network. My boss is uh, Matt and Makana from. Uh, you know, they're college students, and uh, eventually sports fluent and worst take form that we got on drafted sports. But, yeah, there's a couple of Chargers fans from the network, man, and when they heard about the London rumors, they were pissed. They didn't want the move. Like, uh, I hope to have Nicole on the show sometime, but she's actually from the area, and she yeah. actually saw the height of – San Diego and everything being torn down, it it crushed her, man. And when yeah, you're a local was... fan, it's it kind of goes like this: when somebody from internationally, like you know, there's a lot of people that come to the state of New York or the city. There's a lot of people that are new to the game, and there's sometimes where I get the question, "Who do I root for?" 
And when you're an adult or when you're in high school or so, I say, listen, pick a player, but make sure you have a good owner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I can't – if you didn't know, the uh, top two worst uh, owners in North American sports, it's uh, Dan Snyder of the Washington football team. Yeah. No surprise there. And then the second one is James Dolan. He owns the New York Knicks and the New York no Rangers. No surprise there. <laughs> And it's been going on for a long time, man. I will yeah. say this. I know I'm a Pacers fan and I'm a Nick hater, but James Dolan is the worst and the fans aren't much better. Yeah, I would also put uh, the Ottawa Senators owner in there, uh, Malnick, or I don't know his full name. Like, mm. I probably don't care much about hockey, I think. Uh, um, I, I mean, uh, I, I came from uh, hockey. I mean, late to the party, but uh, – my yeah. belief was 90 plus percent of the world is covered by water and the rest was covered by Lundquist. So, <laughs> yeah, like he is also a horrendous owner. So, there are some owners like you can criticize the Bengals owner, you can criticize Mike Brown for being cheap or for not wanting to pay, pay outside free agents. But the Bengals never had like such a bad culture or uh, locker room cancers. He, he cared for the team, he was with the team, he was on practices. Um, and it's just it's a difference um, between being a bad owner because like better or being a bad owner because you're disliked by anyone because you can't build a culture because you make wrong moves all the time because your your ego is bigger than the club like for Dublin, for example mm. uh, I think it's a difference like Mike Brown obviously is not one of the best owners in the league he could have done a way better job to win a ring or to win anything for the Bengals obviously uh, but when it comes to guys like James Stolen or Dan Snyder, I cannot touch that. Like, well, that, yeah. As you. far as I'm concerned, um, free agency is definitely a tough thing because, I mean, when you follow the Pacers, Indianapolis, as far as basketball goes, it's not a big destination. Yeah. So yeah. it's hard to get a guy to come to the Midwest unless you throw a boatload of money at him. And in the NFL, yeah, exactly. it's very hard to do. So, because it's always, you know what, it's either the East teams, it's either the West teams. When you got everything in the middle of that, Midwest, uh, the middle down South, uh, when you're in that, those kind of teams, you got to really spark the interest or those guys got to have roots. They got to have some sort of incentive. But as far as owners go, I think uh, some of it could really be by performance, which I think we're talking about Mike Brown here. But then when we go towards uh, somebody like Al Davis of the Raiders, it's like there was a good reign, but then it just came to the part of the culture where it goes to more down to let's just win. Yeah. You know, because, you know, it's like they're not drafting well. The free agents haven't been, uh, you know, working out so much. Uh, trading guys like Amari Cooper when you could have signed him and, and extend him early like they planned to. And – even though I'm a Chiefs fan, which, mm. by the way, the Yankee fans and the Chief fans kind of hate me. <laughs> are, you, are you skeptical of the team or are you just negative about them or why? The problem being is that I'm not arrogant. Okay. You know, it's like, listen, if, if the Yankees are doing bad and I see the flaws in there, I know mm. that at least 60 games plus are going to be losses. And I understand that there's going to be hot streaks, cold streaks, something that could have been different. But it's like if one relief pitcher ruins the whole game, I'm not going to say we suck. I'm like, you didn't have it today. Ah, you don't know what you're talking about. Or, you know, I didn't like the Orlando Brown trade uh, for the Chiefs. And uh, 
Makana, who owns uh, TTB, Trust the Bank, uh, Ravens Media, he had mm-hmm. me on the show, and there's Chief fans ripping me saying that I don't trust the GM. It's like, mm-hmm. I could not like the move. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Because I'm not an arrogant prick that you hate me and I'm not a real fan? I've got yeah. – Dennis, I got jerseys, Chiefs jerseys, and by then they were done by Reebok. Oh yeah, that's that's a long they're, time. They're all they're all Nike now. We're talking. My first yeah. jersey was two thousand. I want to say two thousand four, maybe two thousand five. Okay, yeah, that's a. It's like it's like you. It's like you can't rip me. My first quarterback yeah. was Trent Green. You got some of these people that are probably bandwagoning from all over. I don't even. I don't even know that man to be honest. Like uh, yeah. the Rams used to be in St. Louis, if you didn't know. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that. I followed, uh, I followed football back then. Like when they had Jeff Fisher and when they were still in St. Louis, I followed the first, that last two years of the St. Louis Rams. Or only yeah, one so Buddy was a Rams fan, but then after they moved, he just kind of stopped watching because he didn't think it was fair. And sure enough, the St. Louis fans went over to Kansas City. It's it's unfortunate, but yeah. I mean the fans are better. The Rams are in L.A. Oh, I'm. Oh, okay. My yeah. Now my Wi-Fi is back. Uh, like, it, I think it's good for the league that the Rams are in LA, but obviously for St. Louis fans, uh, it it must suck. And but luckily, I don't live in Cincinnati. If anything like that ever happens, but I could feel the pain of every local fan whose team just moves cities. Like, I don't know how how I could or how how I would. We just don't have a team anymore in the city. Like, that feeling must be uh- absolutely. Shit. I mean, the problem is that I have with LA is there's another team that was already going there. Because yeah. if you remember, three teams filed for relocation. Yeah. We got the Raiders that went to Vegas. Now there there was a couple of moves there, Oakland, LA, back to Oakland. And the problem being is if you haven't noticed, Oakland is not a proven a new stadium for anybody. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw the, that. Yeah, the Warriors moved. The A's probably moved, I think. Uh, the A's are still in the Coliseum, but they're looking. And the okay. thing is, Major League Baseball has a has a thing against Vegas because of the they, they're very concerned about the gambling because there's been conspiracy going on since the late 1800s. But yeah. you know what I mean? It, it's just it's just nature of the human being. But, uh, you know, if you're not going to assign a new stadium, unfortunately they're going to relocate because outside Tropicana Field, and they say Tampa, but St. Petersburg, it's the ghetto. The Oakland Coliseum looks nice, but it's actually pretty bad. It's the second worst stadium in Major League Baseball. They they try to go to Jose. Uh, the Giants block them. They're looking in Portland, but I think they're going to have to sell for Vegas. I really do. I think that's the best thing to pr- try and improve the game. And if you've noticed, here's the thing with the NFL has that the NBA and uh, Major League Baseball doesn't have. Every team is making money. Yeah. Everyone's buying free agents. There's some people that are struggling with attendance, but they mm-hmm. still got the ratings. So when you don't have those, you don't have much leverage. If you remember yeah. a couple of years ago, half the NBA owners were at a loss. Yeah. Major League Baseball teams, there's a lot of teams that are having a hard time filling the seats. Yeah, I, I've seen, I've seen, the, I've seen picks and everything like uh, the attendance for some teams. Really, I was just, I, I don't want to say shocked, but it definitely surprised me when I saw how many stadiums or how many teams actually 
didn't even fill uh, the stadiums. Because, and, uh, I mean, baseball tickets you, are yeah. reasonable too because there's so many games. I mean, you got 81 games to fill the seats. And so you got 160 games in the season? 162 games, so that would mean 81 apiece at home. Oh, that okay. I mean, that's like, and I thought the NBA season was long. Yeah, it it goes on for a while, man. April all the way to uh, September, October playoffs. Oh, okay. Yeah, the World Series also is like such a strange. Uh, it's just such a strange uh, schedule in comparison to all the other American sports, like hockey. And basketball, they always end around July when the Stanley Cup and the NBA Finals are over. Football has a five-month-long season. And then baseball is just within a calendar year. It's just, it just doesn't fit like. It's very weird. Especially for someone like me who, who isn't born in America, who isn't grown with the sport. Um, I started watching the sports. I started reading about it. And I was like, why the hell is baseball so different? Like the, the sports itself, obviously, and the scheduling and uh, uh, the team schedule and the schedule of the league itself. It's just completely different. And maybe that's also a reason why it isn't popular in Europe. Because I mean, there's a lot of opportunities there. Uh, it it kind of comes down to this. And I'll just say, I'll just say this. Uh, if you go to any of the 30 uh, stadiums for baseball here, right, especially if you're not from the area or you want to see a different team or visit a new ballpark, if you only got the money to basically go to one game a year and that's anything, you, sometimes you got to pick, you know what I mean? Like for me, there's some times where I got to pick one game to go to and, uh, you know, my father's a Jets fan, but I mean, you know, there's times where we, you know, where you kind of opt out of that, uh, the XFL, when it came around, uh, right before COVID hit, we were actually about to, uh, we were setting up a week so we could actually go. And if you looked at the ticket prices, uh, essentially a MetLife Stadium for a Giant or Jet game, what would be a $300 ticket, the XFL was selling for $70, bucks. Mm, so was... big, big ass difference, and that's why they're packing the house. The reason yeah. why the attendance was so low, I actually think was because of COVID. Yeah, that could be a reason, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely not an expert, so I can't say much about yeah. that, but it definitely but I will. Fun. I will say, though, especially if you got to travel, like, you know, get on a plane, book the hotel, yeah. go to a game. It, it's, it's so hard, especially if you don't, you know, some people got more spend money than others. It's just Yeah, that's why I haven't been to a London game now in the NFL. But if it, but if it comes to Germany, I live in Bavaria. If a game comes to, uh, to Munich, I will definitely be there. Like I mean, they're planning me. on it. I mean, the yeah. uh, Major League Baseball and the NFL is trying to see uh, where in Germany. Uh, now, I'm, I have no idea where. I have no idea of what time. But it's just in plans and something they want to yeah. do going forward. So basically, uh, London and Germany are just one hour apart. Like, we are one hour uh, in front of London. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what time it is in America when the London game is on because it's, I think, 6 or 7 p.m. So it's probably 12 p.m. Uh, it's, uh, it's about noon here, yes. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm in Connecticut, so I'm uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it's actually kind of nice on my end when a London game comes on because yeah, I notice sometimes if it's, a, if it's a mediocre matchup, I'll just, uh, just kind of skip by it. But yeah. there's some times where you're just like, you know what? I'm up early. I'm in the mood. Let's get some brunch going on. 
And then right when 12 o'clock comes around, it's like, all right, fellas, I'm thinking lunch. What am I doing? Or the food, pick it up. Five or ten minutes away from kickoff, everything's all there, set up, lineups in for fantasy, boom. Yeah, for the Americans, it's not even bad. Like, it's, it's, I mean, the games are scheduled for the American time. So it's still, for, I mean, for the players, it's not normal. But for Americans, like, nothing changes. You go watch the TV on noon till yeah. evening, and then you watch the Sunday night games. And for the Germans, the same thing. Like, uh, all the games start at 7 p.m., then at 10.05 or 10.25. And the night game starts at 2.25 a.m. So it's still for the Germans or for Europeans in general, because we only have two time zones, uh, it doesn't change anything. But for the players, obviously, you play all season at noon, and then you have to fly across the uh, half of the world, and then you play at a completely different time. Uh, I can understand what players would like to play in London. And so, uh, especially, you've got basically a forced bye week, which you never want as a team. Yeah. Not only that, but I just think it would just take a lot. So from from your nearest airport, how long do you think it would be to, like, maybe Florida or uh, JFK Airport in New York, you think? How many hours? Uh, with all the, with the waiting times and with uh, getting from one plane to another, I think it's 12 hours to New York. So that And think about it. If you're a Los Angeles team, let's say, right? Yeah, that would be. <laughs> I can't imagine what it would be like. And God forbid you have an extension. It's like, okay, Germany, okay, boys, we're going to London. Okay, what now? Okay, we're going to eat, and then we got to go to JFK. <laughs> and then it's just it like. And then it's just like, Coach, can we go in a hotel before you uh, fly uh, five, five, six hours to Los Angeles? I'm beat. And he was like, ah, oh, fine. Yeah, like, and I think it, it takes away so much of your routine as a coach, as a team, the preparation. I, it's completely different. Even the even the game planning and the preparation, you aren't doing it in your own um, facility. You're doing it either in a hotel or in a plane, or you're doing it somewhere completely in a completely different era where you have never been before, like everything is different. So I think every London game from, from start to beginning is a wild card game. Like you don't know what you're going to get. I remember the Bengals played the Rams two years ago there and the Bengals actually played very well, at least in the first half. And then not so much, but it was completely different. Like the circumstances, the preparation, everything was different. And it's that's why I like London games personally, as long as my team doesn't play there. Because I know probably it will be different than it would be in the US. Yeah. Oh, also, if you if you don't remember this, I believe that the Jags, I forgot the head coach, but heading back from London to Florida, I think he actually got fired on the plane. Oh, I, I do not remember that, but that is, uh, that is very unfortunate for him. I, I, I forget who it was. I got to look it up sometime. Yeah. But I remember a coach getting fired. It was either in the airport or on the plane. So he didn't even land back in the States yet. Oh, man. I, I, mean, I mean, how do you do that? I mean, that's like getting fired yeah. on your day off. I remember one mic up moment where, uh, like, the coach said, okay, don't tell anyone, but after the game you're going to be fired or something. And that wasn't a mic up. Like, I don't know who that was, but even that, that just – Probably Adam Gase of the Jets, maybe. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably, if I had a guess, uh, I, I remember the Colts owner, uh, Jim Ursay, he gave the coach the game ball to the final season. It was awkward because they knew he wasn't coming back next year. 
Mm-hmm. It was going to get canned. I mean, it, it, t- terrible. And that and that's where it comes by to ownership, man. Like Jim Irsay, the Colts owner, just painting Manning. And I'm like, the guy won you a Super Bowl. The guy gave you another appearance against Drew Brees. And Drew Brees isn't a scrub. <laughs> They're both Hall of Famers. Like, come on. Harsh. Yeah. Harsh is the word. There are really some some questionable owners. Um, like, I, and I think like Jerry Jones is the best example for it. Like when there wasn't there was no salary cap, he dominated and he he built a dynasty with the Cowboys. But now, just take away the name, take away the history of the man. Especially for me, it's easy because I'm young and I don't even live in the U.S. I have no connection whatsoever to the Cowboys and no emotional connection to Steve Smith has, for example. Uh, I can watch the Cowboys and I can see he is holding the team back. And he's too loyal to fire Mike McCarthy already because he deserves to be fired. And he was too loyal to, uh, what's, his na- what's his name? Yeah, the former coach, Garrett? Uh, Jason Garrett, yes. Yeah. Uh, like, he is hardly holding the team back. Uh, while there are other owners, like the Chiefs owner, he, is, he doesn't care about the money. He doesn't care about the salary cap. He just wants to win. He just wants the best team out there, and he, he fires it was, people. It wasn't always like that. And yeah, both, of you, both me and you have owners that are okay with hiring felons where you go, are you shitting me? This guy's on our team? Yeah. yeah. Both of our owners <laughs> do that, if you remember. You know who Pac-Man Jones is. You know who Perfect is. I don't want to talk about <laughs> No, hey, I, mean, I, like, I want to talk about but... the guys on my team too. Yeah. Mine's known as the running back punter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I actually, as a, uh, Zach Taylor has done a good job of getting rid of those guys, of building his own culture. And Mike Brown was totally with that. So that's good. Like, he is on the same page as the coach they were from the beginning. And this now is really the season where Zach Taylor has to prove himself. Like, um, yes. first season, we. It was a bad team. <laughs> he went two and fourteen, and then last year we still had like Bernard, we still had Dunlap, we still had Atkins, yeah. those older guys from the Marvin era that wanted to be here. Like Bernard wanted to be here, uh, here, but Dunlap didn't, and he didn't really hide that. Um, now he had a complete roster overhaul. Him and our uh, defensive coordinator. Now that's their roster. There's not one guy from the Marvin era anymore. They're only their guys. The whole backfield changed now, the defensive backfield. The whole D-line changed. So this is the season where Zach Taylor and Duanarumo have to perform. And if they don't, experiment fail. Like, just get a high floor coach then. You know, the problem being is, and uh, back to uh, Jerry Jones. uh, My phone is ringing, but my mom handles that. All right. So... uh, you're absolutely right, because if you remember the Tony Romo days, he didn't get a lot of support, and there's a lot of people that will uh, agree with me on that. But yeah. if you go by ownership, uh, and many coaches will say that you need a head coach three to four years to get his full system intact. That's three drafts, three free agencies, three full seasons, the whole workouts, everything, three to four years. And plus, this is still a rebuilding team. This team has found its quarterback for what, its second year? It's got a wide receiver core. Listen, it just needs an offensive line. Defense always needs retooling because there's a lot. It's a different type of atmosphere. I mean, it's not next year my offensive uh, guard doesn't know how to block anymore. 
but there's something yeah. that could happen to a defensive guy where his technique will be off or he doesn't have the size or maybe he's oversized. You see some of that performance decline. And this is a good time for the Bengals because the Browns are in a win-now mode, but that could fall yeah. apart. The Ravens are in win-now mode, but we could see what happens. And the Steelers, the Steel Curtain era of Big Ben is closing. So they got to retool everything, break yeah, everything I, down. And listen, do I think the Steelers are a, a good team? Yes. But am I confident with them with I am two years ago? Absolutely not. I think yeah. that window is closing, and it's got to be a wide-open division. The Bengals got a long way to go, but it's competitive. And even yeah. if Zach Taylor does mediocre, that doesn't mean I want to say you got to can the guy. But yeah. – you think that there is the guy, a guy who's capable, a guy who's got a strong vote of confidence, that's when you got to weigh it. It's not so much firing Zach Taylor. It's thinking you think you have your guy for a long time. But he's got to be on board with the system you already have because yeah. it's not fair for Joe Burrow and all the guys there to do a full restart because yeah. guess what? Now you got to go through the whole three- to four-year process which is why the Patriots dominated the division for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, the, the Patriots, they were. It's like remarkable what they have done. Because all every other team been. was constantly rebuilding, constantly yeah. trying to find their quarterback, constantly trying to find their head coach. And what happened? You got stomped on for two decades. That's Tom Brady, that's Bill Belichick, and that is how you get porked. And everything you just mentioned with the right, finding the right guy, like there is one guy, <laughs> the offensive coordinator of the Panthers, who just fits everything. If Zach Taylor is fired, like I cannot imagine a better fit and a better coach for the Bengals than Joe Brady. Because you will have uh, Joe Burrow again, he will have Jamal Chase again, the Bengals playbook, uh, playbook already uh, implemented the LSU offense probably for 2019. Like it just fits perfectly. And yeah, if the Bengals really got Joe Brady, I would honestly, I would honestly be so happy about it because I, I really. Agree. And he, I, he made Teddy Bridgewater look good again, or at least solid. And <laughs> that that scheme made Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore being uh, being one of the best tight uh, wide receiver duos in the league. Like I don't think that I can name ten better wide receiver duos now, off the top of my head. I don't. Like maybe Higgins and Chase, obviously Thielen and JJ. Lamb and Cooper, uh, uh, Evans and Godwin, but but then. Well, speaking of which, it's soon the Titans are still trying to negotiate and figure out the deal for Julio mm -hmm. Jones. So yeah. if you got Jet and you got Brown on there, well, there, there's there's the best duo when healthy. Yeah, healthy good luck. Defenses, good luck. So I mean that that division is just crazy to begin with, but uh, moving on, man. So. I know that you uh, root for the Pacers. I know you root for the Mavs. So how did all this come about? Was it, uh, was it a championship run with the Mavericks? No. Uh, the guys know because of the owner, too. Mark Cuban's a great guy and a great person. The Mavericks are pretty obvious because of dirt. Like uh, the German guy, uh, the German Jesus, and everything you want to say about him. Like he was the <laughs> obviously. Uh, and yeah, usually I started watching basketball with just saying, hey, I want to root for Dick Nowitzki's team. Obviously, the German guy, I want to root for him and his team. Then I was like, yeah, I'm a Mavericks fan. 
And but then um, when I was like I was 13 or 14 when I started watching basketball, I was uh, writing down the schedules. I was simulating the games in my head, just writing down scores and then calculating the records of teams. I don't know why I just gave the Bulls more wins than anyone else always, and I just like I was just like, hey, why do I always give the Bulls wins? Why do I like the Bulls so much? And it was completely random. I have honestly no explanation whatsoever. I just randomly started liking the Bulls and watching the Bulls, and then I heard about the D-Rose MVP story. Then I heard about Joachim Noah, about Thibodeau, about the defensive culture the Bulls had, and I, I really I really liked that. So then it was the Bulls and Mavs. So after two months of watching basketball, I already had my two teams I root for and I will always root for. And then the Pacers, um, where I heard about the year before and the two years before the Eastern Conference Finals runs from them, like beating the Knicks, giving the Heat all the troubles, uh, the Lance Stevenson shenanigans, uh, reading about the Paul George injury and about he came back and about how great he was and about he was on the... On the um, on the rise, then he became a favorite player. I was rooting for him, and simultaneously, I was liking the Pacers. I was liking the blue-color blue gold swagger attitude from them, and also the defensive culture, obviously. I just like those teams. I don't know why. So, yeah, that's the story of my three teams. It was pretty random for the Bulls and the Pacers, but the Mavs were just, like, it was predestined to like Got them. you. So, I mean, uh, we, we noticed that uh, we thought that the Mavs were going to stomp all over the Clippers, but we know that this has gone down to a game seven. <sighs> and three hours. Also, if you didn't know, you know about uh, Porzingis getting fined the 50 grand for breaking the protocol, right? When? Uh, just now or when? Uh, this was, I, be I believe it was after the second game sometime. Or yeah, yeah, sometime I read something the about that, yeah. Well, you know what he did, right? It, no, it, actually no. He, he went to the strip club. So if you remember last year, Lou Williams, uh, <laughs> Lou Williams was in the titty bar. His friend takes a picture like an idiot and he goes, don't say it was last year, buddy, because no one was wearing a mask. And he yeah. goes, oh, but I went there for the wings. Rondo went for the wings. Porzingis. I don't even think he made a comment. Yeah. I, I, I'm just kind of thinking, thinking to myself. So if they lose, I, I hope that they send the Clippers uh, packing. I hope the only time that they're, uh, you know, uh, draining balls is on the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> But if, the, but if the Clippers pull through, you do realize that I'm going to label this a curse, right? <laughs> I mean, I when can't. When you're can't in the COVID that. NBA playoffs, people, do not attend the titty bar. LeBron also was, like, partying with Drake, and he got fined nothing? I, I forgot what happened with him. I think he was at some sort of gathering, but he wasn't at a club. Yeah. He doesn't have that reputation like James Harden does. But, yeah, you know, there's there's certain yeah. things you see about LeBron James, but I don't remember him being at a strip club. I mean, the guy's got a family, all yeah, that. I mean, some of these guys like do, him. but I, I, think I actually, as much as I dislike the, the extreme LeBron fans, as much as I think they praise him way too much, even though he is a top two player of all time, in my opinion, um, 
the human LeBron James and the person, the character, he is such a Romo. Like, I don't think he would ever do something like that. And especially not in those circumstances with the pandemic going on. Like, uh, LeBron is really a great guy. And I like I like him as a person more than I like the player, actually. And I actually uh, I like think that goes, I think that goes for most people. A phenom yeah. phenomenal human being, does great, open to school. Yeah. Um, as far as the player, it's definitely a business uh, alter ego, as I put it. As yeah, I, I remember the Cavs days, it's like, times. it's in like, hey, man, I'm the head coach. Hey, I need a bench. I need – Give Iman Schaubert and Taylor Smith a big contract now. Yes. I mean, there's there's a big uh, business part of that. But I'm not taking it away from LeBron, top two player yeah. of all time. Uh, not, nothing uh, but good things. Do I think that there's sometimes where it's overhyped, and do I think that you gotta criticize criticize him just like everybody else? Yes, but I don't. I try yeah. not to slander. But when people yeah. try to say that he's the best of all time, and then there's certain, I mean, I'm not putting the first round uh, oust on him. I would just go by his performance there. Like if there's certain times where it's like, look, you know, I mean. Uh, the loss to the the Heat, Jimmy Butler got triple-double, but they're not talking about that, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean. It's just how it goes, unfortunately. Like, how many times have, you know, the Pacers, uh, Sabonis has a triple-double, but nobody cares because it was lost by two points? Yeah, Sabonis is great. Like, I actually can't say anything about Sabonis. I, I like, the Pacers should absolutely not trade him or anything he should well they trade for him but i mean that was yeah. <laughs> that was for pg yeah and i mean that trade wasn't even that bad i mean they got vic and sabonis and vic has very quickly become one of my favorite players and then the 2018 playoff series against the Cavs, and i was like does this man really just go toe-to-toe -to -toe with lebron james does he really I, drag I, the pieces I to actually got a city edition jersey uh of uh Oladipo, and it's actually funny. Uh, it came in the mail, and then a week later, he was traded, and I'm like, yeah. you know what? I still don't regret it. Yeah, uh, it's sad that that it's come that way, and how all things just ended with Vic and the Pacers because he was when he is from Indiana, he just he just fits the Pacers so much, and then he got that big injury. He never was the same. Then this year he gets injured again. Uh, it's just sad for the guy, to be honest. Like he's one of my favorite players, and I'm I'm just sad. And also, it's almost like curse. Except Luca, every single one of my favorite players in every sport had at least one major injury in their career when I rooted for them. Uh, it's just absolutely for me. It's I don't even know how how and why. It's just so annoying sometimes. And I, I just think the Mavs need to find a solid uh, second guy for Luca. Yeah. You know, a solid wingman, I think he'll be all right. Now, I, I do think that they But he plays like shit. Plus, I think they kind of uh, – I think they overestimate him. I mean, I, I don't think uh, he's going to be that guy anymore. I mean, the Clippers have had some struggles there. Like, uh, Rondo was a doorman last game. Yeah. <laughs> but – uh. Yeah, the Mavs, I think, will find their guy. I'm just wondering what it will be. And uh, low-key, the, the only big free agent this year that I really have my eyes set on is really Yanis. Yeah. And I'm I mean, not no, he signed the extension already with the Bucks. He's not a free agent. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did. Um, I'm just wondering, like, if you go by the NBA free agency, it's like I'm wondering what's – I mean, there are some players with player options. I know the Kawhi and PG do have their option. So if the Mavs win today, that may be a big discussion point in the offseason. 
But all in all, I don't think that this free agency is very good. I think the 2022 free agency will be way better than again. But, but most I think of these guys decline it because they want a, another uh, – they want something else or they want more money. Now, because of the – I actually got a subscription to The Athletic, and I actually saw the breakdown of the inside of the Clippers collapse. <laughs> the one thing that surprised me is how much they cater to Kawhi. Now, I understand that he deserves the respect. Yeah. But you got some of these things where – for 45 minutes before a game, he gets the whole female locker room to himself so he could gather yeah, his thoughts. Yeah. I mean, the fact that, uh, you know, that they brought him, uh, he was late several times. Uh, there was players-only practices that he led. So many things that kind of just went his way and only for his benefit. I mean, do I think uh, Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul are going to decline? I wouldn't. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, I'm content with. DeRozan is actually a, a very, very big target for the Mavs. If they get him, they get another good playmaker when Donch is on the bench and a wing who is a solid defender that would actually make them so much better. And a good rim protector would be nice because yeah. for Zings isn't that apparently. Yeah, and I was uh, interested about that. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I don't want Alonzo Ball. I don't want Schroeder. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, he's German, so I, I don't dislike him, but he was very, very bad in the playoffs. Like, Schroeder was, was really bad. I just think that if you think that he's going to, you know, exceed expectations, I just think you're out of your mind. Like, if you think he's going to hit 38% uh, from three again, yeah. I, I think it's not going to be – I don't think he's that guy. A lot, a lot of people uh, will say that he's uh, he would be the most amazing six man if he was ever in that position because he's either got it that night or he doesn't. Yeah. So I think that would be a good role for him. But then it's just like, okay, what what piece do you put him on, and yeah. what team is gonna? Some team is gonna get him. It's just a matter of who and who fits that system. If you go Knicks, doesn't fit. If you go Pacers, doesn't fit. You know, where do you go from there? Do you go yeah. Pelicans? <laughs> I mean, if they get rid of Londo, they need a point guard, but just it would be a downgrade, in my opinion, because Londo is actually a good player and he gets way too much hate. He is even a good shooter. I just shooter. don't know where he's going to go. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like Londo on the Bulls, actually, because if, or if they, then they could potentially trade Kobe White. I'm not the biggest fan of Kobe. Um, Kobe White, that is. Uh, and Levine and Lonzo, I think that would be a great fit. Like Levine already is a very good ball handler, and he has to do so much because the Bulls just cannot create any offense without him on the court. And if they got a facilitator like Lonzo, that would be great. I would, I would love Lonzo. I got, I got to put that in consideration. Lonzo ball to the Bulls. Mm. That would, I, I, I know some Bulls fans who wouldn't want that because they are, they still believe Kobe White can be a star. And I do not think that, and especially not in this timeline with Vucevic and Zach Levine. Vucevic is now 30. Levine is, I think, 26. Just get a proven facilitator, a good wing, uh, not wing defender, a perimeter defender, and roll with it. And then maybe get some depth and shooting because they cannot create any offense without Zach Levine, and that's frustrating to watch at times. I think it comes with the baggage as well because they still got the Facebook show going on. I yeah. mean, 
I, I mean, listen, if you are a franchise like the Magic, where, you know, you want publicity and everything else, yeah. I mean, you don't need publicity if you're the Bulls. You That's know what true. I mean? The Bulls yeah. are the Bulls. So it's like, do you want him as a player, and do you think that he's going to help you? I mean, you know, uh, I'm not sure. I don't follow the show or anything else, but I heard something about the Suns, and I'm like, okay, are you going to make it work with Book, Paul, and uh, Ball? I mean, is that that going to be the case? I'm not sure if I see it. No, definitely not. Like, uh, Ball doesn't have that many options. Maybe he stays with Pelicans and they get a better coach because I'm – Absolutely not convinced that Van Gundy is the right guy for them, especially not Ingram and Williamson. They just need spacing around them. And Van Gundy is not the guy that um, runs a fast offense, which Ingram and Williamson would definitely fit, especially Zion in the fast break. He's like unstoppable. And maybe, maybe Ball also stays and the Pelicans can build around them because they would, they would be able to make a good, uh, to build a good team, but you never know with Pelicans. They also wasted Anthony Davis' whole career until last year, so never know. Although I do think that Davis deserves some criticism because, like, even though, yeah, he's a big man and big men don't win you a lot of games in the NBA today, I think Anthony Davis definitely did not do uh, did not do much to improve his teammates. Like, you can see Embiid has so much gravity, he can still pass out of double teams. But when Embiid is on the court, the parameter players get better. They... Uh, will have more open shots. They can create more with him. And like with Anthony Davis and the Pelicans, I also always had the feeling that he was playing for himself a little bit and not for the team. And that he was just not improving his teammates enough to win more games and to be able to maybe win a playoff series. They only had one playoff series win and there was the sweep against the Trailblazers where I still don't know how the hell that happened. Well, also, if you go by... Uh... If you go by big men, I mean, Yanis is a big man. But then yeah. as far as, like, if you go by guys that not sure if they improve their team, uh, MB, there's a time where it's like, oh, the knee, oh, the knee, oh, the yeah, knee. Yeah, that's true. You see, this year with Victor Oladipo, I get it. It's, you know, a year off of knee surgery and everything else. You're trying to take your time with it, limit his minutes, see if the – See if everything's okay, and I get that I just part. So I think I just saw breaking news that you got traded. I'm Julio. I think. Let's see. Whoa! Oh. Wait. Yeah, Titans. The Titans. Yep. I mean, so <laughs> so when healthy, that's the best uh, duo. Let's yeah. see. NFL wide receiver trades. This is from NFL Update uh, at My Sports Update. Falcons trade Julio Jones for a second rounder and change. Texans trade Hopkins for a second rounder and change. Falcons, Sanu, second round pick. Brandon Cooks uh, trade three times, twice for a first, once for a second. I mean, wide receivers, I mean, Brandon Cooks is still solid. It's just as long as he has his head, he's solid. He's so underrated. Like, uh, I think he's a top 30 receiver around the 30th with the guys like Tyler Boyd, Juju. He's not on the level as Jarvis Landry, for example. But it's I it's think so when... hard to do wide receivers, in my opinion, because yeah, if you take – there's some wide receivers, right? They're fast, but then it's just like you, they've only had so many targets where you can't grade them. Like, yeah. if we go by McCole Hardman and Henry Ruggs, 
I think they're the same type of guy. They're speedsters. You know, yeah. I mean, we saw them run, uh, what, 4-2 and 4-3 in a 40-yard dash uh, recently with Bleacher Report. Yeah. No footage because of everything that's going on with, uh, you know, the facilities, the players' union. Yeah. They're not trying to have a liability on their hands. But those are guys that are not getting a lot of targets. Yeah. Until they do, until they start making more touchdowns, until they start having more completions, we can't really grade them. Yeah, definitely. So there goes why. by talent, and then there goes by stats. Julio Jones might only play eight or ten games a year, but he's got the stats that make up for it that make him a top ten. Maybe not a top five, but a top ten. Yeah, I th I actually think now they have the best wide receiver too. Like it was JJ and Thielen, in my opinion, those were both top 15 receivers. And I think Julio and AJ Brown are, Julio is top 10 in my opinion. And I'm a little bit higher on AJ Brown than most. I think he is definitely top 15. And I think he could crack the top 10 this year. I, I think he's a top 10. That's where I put him. I just think like if you I, go by town, you go by numbers, Adams. I got him top 10. Uh, we have Adams, we have Hill, we have, no, I'm bugging. Hopkins, we have Julio, we have Michael Thomas, and then you still got Alan Robinson, you got the Jeffersons, the Thielens of the world, you got AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Julio, all those I guys. Like, I think the order doesn't matter as much, as much yeah, as it does who the guys are. Now, yeah. I think it's like, even though this isn't trying to be biased, but it's like uh, Tyree Kill is the top five. Definitely. Now, the thing is, when some people are like, oh, it's because you're a Chiefs fan. If I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm putting Hill as a number one, but I don't think he's number one. I'm yeah. not sure if he's number three, but he's a mention in the top five. And especially, now, I mean, it doesn't matter because he produces and he helps the team and he's a big part yeah. of the offense. So who cares if other people don't think he's the best receiver in the league as long as he helps your offense? Like, Yes. No. So it's like if we take Michael Thomas, MT is in the top ten. Do you put him in the top five because of the injuries last year? This is where it gets very debatable. It's like, okay, if you're going to take him out of the top five, who are you replacing him with? We're going yeah. Adams, we're going Hopkins, we're going Hill. Then who do you put for the other guys? Now, do I think Julio's out of the top five? Yes. Do I yeah, think uh, Allen is a top ten wide receiver? I don't think he's a top ten anymore. I, I didn't hear uh, Keenan Allen. Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, he's top 15 around there. Like he's still I, I, I just got him a top 10 again. Every time where he said, I'm a top five, there was one year where he says he's the best. Yeah. But he's fall, he's fallen off. It's the Definitely. injuries. and the, Listen, he's got the quarterback now. Do I yeah. think he has the potential to be a top 10? Yes. But right now, is he? No, and that's simply because he's got to stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I just I gotta go in five minutes just so you know because like the school project we're gonna meet. I got I got you. So uh, if you ever do uh, decide to watch baseball and you want a team to root for, <laughs> ownership means a lot more. Yeah, I've seen that, especially because it's not salary cap. Uh, there is a salary cap, but what happens yeah. is it's like the NBA where what happens uh, is every every dollar you go over, you have to price luxury tax. It's okay. the same. It's the same thing like the NBA. It's a salary cap league, but not everybody has the budget to go above and beyond. Yeah. If you've okay. noticed, the the yeah. Tampa Bay Rays, otherwise known as the No Pay Rays, <laughs> he got very team friendly contracts, and they moved on from these guys. But if you look yeah. at it, they they always compete. They just have a formula to do it. 
There's some guys that are constantly tanking. There's some guys where ownership changes. Like if you go by the Detroit Tigers, mm -hmm. uh, the owner of the Detroit Tigers, and he also owned the uh, Detroit Red Wings in hockey. Okay. After, after he passed away, uh, the son is still trying to get his hands on and trying to figure out everything and how it works. So I think he needs a couple years and try to put a couple of people in place before it gets to where it needs to be. But then it comes to other owners like uh, the Padres have a general manager who's a little controversial. The Dodgers just throw money at people. <laughs> I mean, when it got Magic Johnson, it doesn't matter. The Giants got something great going on. I mean, what, what I did for basketball, I actually did it as a part of the thing for the network. I wrote down all 30 teams, did some research, and I went with the Pacers. And now I'm just all in. Definitely. I mean, you got to <laughs> – I mean, you gotta stick with them. Yes. And, uh, you know, they get, they kind of got me at the network labeled as, uh, as you know, the Pacers fan in the network and also the Nick hater, but it, it, it all, it all works out in the end. It really does. Uh, I mean, it's easy to hate on the Knicks. Like they did enough to, to hate on them. <laughs> like there's it, so it, much. And again, people only hate the Yankees because of the fans. Remember that yeah. the people, the reason why people hate the Knicks, it's because of the fans. Yeah. Boston, it's because of the fans. Yeah, definitely. Like, how many yep. times do you see uh, New York fans get rooted for when it comes to the playoffs? This time was the only time because of Derrick Rose is like, wait, yeah. Derrick Rose is leading the team in points in this series right now? Yeah. Like, for the Knicks, like, what year is it? Knicks are in the playoffs, D. Rose is in it. What year is it? We don't know. 2000s yeah, I, are a crazy freaking time to live in, man. <laughs> The Knicks are, I mean, they surprised me positively this year. I did not expect them to be a four or five, yeah, fourth seed. And, yes, but yeah. I also didn't expect them to get bounced out in five of them, to be honest. I remember a conversation with my best friend. He was like, hey, what do you think of the Hawks? They're really good this year. I was like, yes, they are. But they're definitely a tier below the top three guys in the East. And I don't think that they can outplay the Knicks defense in the playoffs. And, well, here we are. And they beat the Knicks in five. And I look like an idiot. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, you can just respect the Hawks. Like they did it, they did it right, the right way, uh, the right, the right way, the rebuild. Like they drafted Trey Young, they signed this offseason. They spent money in second round. Like what can what can you expect more? Now they play the Sixers. I don't think they will beat them. But the Hawks are on the coming, and I think they're really uh, a stable, cultured franchise again. They had these three bad years, but even before that, they were in the playoffs every year with Jeff Teague, Al Horford, Paul Millsap, the, the Hawks always have been a good franchise, and I, it seems like they're going to be very good again for a few years, especially with Trey. Gotcha. So to wrap everything up, because I know you got ahead, uh, yeah. where, where to find you? Any closing remarks? Anyone you want to say hi to? Any of that? I mean, it's your show, man. I mean, I would want to shout out the Bengals group set, of course, because like uh, that's the only reason I was active on Twitter after I got into the group chat with all the Bengals fans. And yeah, my Twitter ad is at dblagajcevic. That's how you pronounce my last name. So just the D and Blagajcevic because my full name wouldn't would be too long for Twitter. <laughs> but, I mean, if you see my Twitter, you will probably think that I'm an arrogant asshole because I I like to debate some, let's just say, not so intelligent people with rather dumb takes, especially on the Bengals. 
but I also try to um, incorporate other teams and perspectives on other sports in my Twitter. So I'm not just this uh, Bengals fan who only twitters about the Bengals. I tweet about the Bengals and says shit about other teams. Like I respect other teams, obviously. I also like to compliment other teams because I like to interact with other fans. And I'm trying to be objective um, as possible. <laughs> you know, it's not always uh, possible, especially when someone says like Tua Tagovailoa is better than Joe Burrow. I'm just losing it, for example. But it's it's in, you know when everyone says is Joe Burrow compared or better than X, hmm. I think it's just unfair because the sample size is incomplete. That, if that's you want, true. That's, if you wanted to say this. Take Burrow's game versus, let's say, Tua's best game. Okay, we're going to have to find what's Burrow's best performance, and Tua's best performance was that game against Arizona. Yep. And I remember watching that game and taking notes for uh, Tua time. Uh, I, I had a series called The Pineapple Report. It was just a Tua log <laughs> and his performance. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think, if you say cut and dry what's who's better, it's incomplete. If yeah, you want to say who had the best game and the best performance out of the two, much different. People just spew stuff. But one last question before you go. Yeah. If you had to go by NBA and NFL, who are the worst fan bases? Who do you got? <laughs> try, try to be non-biased. Uh, okay. If I am absolutely non-biased, I would say the Knicks in the NBA. And I would say – the Steelers or Raiders in the NFL. But, I, I got I got Patriots, Cowboys, Raiders. My top oh, three. Yeah, but yeah, okay, top three then. I would probably, because, okay, now from my interactions only, the Dolphins are the first, probably. Like, oh. Yeah, oh. I, I actually had many good Dolphins fans, but the bad Dolphins fans were that bad and were that disrespectful and that clueless that it just drags oh. them down like Mm. I had some Dolphins fans posting injuries from Burrow, DMing me the injury pictures. So some Dolphins fans really are just bad humans, to be honest. But obviously not most. And it's not only my interaction. So nobody should get offended by that. And I'm only a 20-year-old boy. Yeah, if you've if you ever seen uh, the Blue Brothers, or the, um, sorry, the, the Blue Bloods uh, on my Twitter <laughs> feed, uh, Zach is actually, uh, you know, one of the guys on there. He's a big uh, Dolphins fan. He's a okay. very good guy, and that's the best college uh, football podcast you'll ever listen to because these okay. guys know their shit. Uh, spent a lot of time in uh, Alabama. They're not Bama fans at all. They're Auburn, LSU fans. They okay. can help you out with any prospect questions. But wow, Dol Dolphin fans being the worst. I mean, that's yeah, based on my directions, like I'm only active on Twitter since four months now. So Ooh. I'm really only tweeting since four months. And yeah, Dolphins and Steelers were probably the two fan bases I had the most disputes with and the worst disputes with. But yeah, obviously Cowboys fans are just, you know, many of them. And I, Raider fans are just a bunch of, uh, they're just a bunch of, uh, let's see, uh, uncultured men. I, I say men because there's not a lot of women in the crowds when yeah. I see them. And what do they do? They pretend it's Halloween and they beat each other up in the parking lot. I, I've seen uh, – not I've seen. Like I had a conversation with a Raiders fan that was going on for two days. And uh, it ended like it was about a PFF post about Bengals wide receiving. And, um, or whether it's scary for defense or something. And then a Raiders, fans, uh, Raiders fan tried to talk shit and I was like, 
fucking sit back because the greatest wide receiver. Okay, Aguilar is gone and Ruggs is unproven. Who do you got? By the way, what offensive lineman do you have? Yeah. Uh, is Derek Carr? You've been slandering him for how many years now, I and he's still a quarterback. Good. I actually think that Carr is good. <laughs> he's not. He's not bad. As a yeah, Chiefs fan, definitely. I'm going to say he's not bad. I just that I think people expect him to be MVP mm. caliber or top ten again. Yeah. And I just think that he doesn't have the weapons around him. I feel yeah. bad for the guy. Both the car yeah. brothers yeah. feel bad. And he doesn't have a defense. <laughs> Yet the defense is, I mean, it's getting better, but it's still yeah. not great. I mean, is it supposed to, I mean, if the Bengals come to town, it's going to be interesting. But if a good team comes around, you're in panic mode. You're not that team yet. Yeah. You got so many pieces. You're, you're not horrible, but you're still so far away. Yeah, what I wanted to say door. What I wanted to say is that this Raiders fan it ended up like him just insulting me, talking about Hitler youth and anything and calling me names and being racist. And I mean, I honestly do not give a flying F about fans talking about you. You you can curse on the show, it's fine. And the fact that listen, I I, I'll just say this, man. I, I even got a lot of Polish friends, uh there's a guy that uh, is a Bulls fan on here. His name is uh, Mike uh, DeFrancisco. I call him the Fran. Okay. He's a big Cubs fan, big Bulls fan. He's a Seahawks fan. He is a great guy. There's a lot of slander about him. But listen, there there is no uh, – I mean, I'll tell him a Polak joke occasionally, but the yeah. fact that you're going to put racism in there and – Yeah, that's just – harmful intent, I mean, that – that's uncalled for. Like, if you wanted to call me pork chop because I'm Portuguese, or if you wanted to say I oh, a dumb Italian, you you know what you know what I mean. If you if you say dumb Italian wink, I get it. But when yeah. on Twitter you're gonna say Nazi jokes, that's that's not called for. We can't we actually, can't tolerate that. That's actually uh, not even um, the first time that that happened to me. Like, I I see that when I debate people, it I think it happened like four times now, and I honestly do not care i just laugh at those people because i know i look at the flag oh look at the flag my dad's bosnian and my mom's german so i'm just half german first of all second of all i do not care what people say about me and when they come with nazi jokes like okay how original you lost the debate and called me a nazi great what are you gonna do now that that, that's the worst cop out in the worst way possible yeah i mean that that that's just that's just straight up dumb. I mean, when I'm a Yankee fan and I, and they see my opinion, they say, oh, what are you going to say, 27 rings? I'm like, no. Dave <laughs> Ruth has been gone a long time ago. Mickey Mantle's no longer with us. Derek Jeter owns the Marlins. You know what I mean? So when there's a lot of uneducated Yankee fans out there, and there's some people that will say the top 10 worst fan bases in America, mm-hmm. the Yankee fans and the Red Sox fans are up there. But it's actually funny because the Philadelphia fans as a whole, after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, believe it or not, they toned it down. They used to be very high on my list as far as, like, most hated fan bases. But, no, Philadelphia fans have definitely toned it down. Definitely. I've seen way less Philly, bad Philly fans than I've seen before. Like, I think they uh, now they got a worse reputation than they actually are. Like, I don't think they are that bad anymore. I think Boston and New York have gotten worse and Philly's actually gotten better, which I I can't believe I'm saying that, man, because if you go to certain Mm -hmm. uh, Philly uh, atmospheres, 
some of them used to boo more than they cheer. I just want to say one last thing before I go. Absolutely. Uh, no, sorry, sorry for our time here. It's all good. It's all good. To a Boston fans crying about a guy that you completely mistreated, stepping on your painted mascot is absolutely hilarious for everyone outside of your fan base. Like, how is that even a story? How is so, that even a story? So I think the reason why it's a story is because if you remember, now Kyrie Irvin is a controversial figure to many. Now a lot of now here's the thing, right? I'm not gonna touch into somebody's religious beliefs. Like there's sometimes yeah. when when he That's was fasting for his, you know, his time, his yeah. uh, beliefs. I'm I'm gonna just say his holiday, okay? So when he's fasting for his holiday, and some people are saying that guy needs to see a psychiatrist. Yeah. Listen, take that out of it. Now, do I think that he made his own load management by taking team leave because there was birthdays coming up? His sister's birthday came up and his birthday came up. Listen, that's a stretch, and I don't like it, but I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. But when you're, a, when you're a Boston Celtic, you wanted out of Cleveland to make your own destiny. It didn't work. And then when somebody says, are you going to resign? He goes, I don't owe anybody a damn thing. Yeah. Okay, that's a slap in the face. Then when you're off the court, people are doing better. When yeah. you step on the logo, I now if you did at the beginning of the game, that's different than doing after the game, after everyone's booing you and saying yeah. stupid things. When when you step on the logo, I mean, you've probably seen college football where he's making a flag and put it right direct on the logo. Yeah. You see. It, when Juju Smith is dancing on opposing team logos, that's when I mean, it starts to become a disrespectful thing. It's the same I mean, time when people pay. rub their foot into the Dallas Cowboys star. Yeah. But when after the game, when they're talking so much shit about you, and you decide to go and you go, eh, yeah, you know what I mean? That that's just a, that to me is a dagger and just saying, you know what, you deserve it. So I think it's just a nice the, the, the college guy that threw the war ball at him is obviously stupid. But yeah. you know damn well, Dennis, that over here in America, when somebody does something stupid, somebody else will do the same thing that's damn stupid. It's just yeah. it's like it's the way Americans trend. It's because <laughs> yeah. they don't know any better. You know why there's certain laws that happen in Germany and Canada and Japan and everything else? You see, you could get away with that because the society is different. Yeah. But if you do that in America, it's just gonna make this place a third world country. <laughs> Uh, uh, some American fans or something else. Like some American fans are just in their own bubble, in their own delusion, and they don't even want to see different. Oh, absolutely! It's just they they have they have their own way of seeing things, and it's just the way the it, it's gone up. But Dennis, thank you. This has been yeah. uh, so much of a pleasure. I, I hope to have you on the show again. We can have uh, yeah, yeah, and to be honest with you, man, uh, I hope that we can do something else again. But uh, if you've ever thought about doing sports writing, if you've ever thought about doing anything like that, uh, message me. And again, please have yourself a good day. It's been amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I'll see you. All right. I'll see you. All right. It's closing out. This is AJ Torres of Colin Strikes with Dennis B. And we'll see you next time. Chris, you've